0: But then now, later, I feel like it may have been one of the weirdest things I've ever done.
1: Hey friends, this is Clem Snide, and you are listening to A Life in Song. Come, gather around the fire. I invite you to take off your mask. Be who you truly are. Because everybody's got a story to tell. And certainly, everyone deserves a song. Well, for this one, it's a song for Brenna.
0: So basically you go into a tank full of water with men in their like 60s or 70s who volunteer at the temple. And then they place their arms on you. You like, if I remember right, you like plug your nose with one hand, and then you put your arm on their arm, like their wrist, and then they like put their other arm around you. And then another man is like standing in front of the tank. They usually have all these like gold oxen around them. And then he says a bunch of prayers and then names of basically dead people who didn't get to be Mormon. And like they tried to do like Anne Frank and uh, like Albert Einstein before. They even like tried to baptize Hitler into the Mormon church and they got in a bunch of trouble for it. And then they just dunk you underwater, like 15 times in a row. And then you're supposed to like feel really good after, but you just kind of feel like crap because you got a bunch of chlorinated water in your mouth. and then, you know, you feel like everyone can see through your jumpsuit and then you go change. <laughs> My family was always Mormon since I was born into it, I guess. We lived in Logan, Utah, and almost every house on every corner was a Mormon family. We were pretty much outcasts because it was just my mother, and you weren't really supposed to get Divorced, and we're super poor. My mom was going back to school, so she wasn't really taking care of her kid. You know, it was just kind of one of those scenarios where we were definitely... Kids couldn't play at our house because we didn't have, like, a man in the house who held the priesthood to, like, keep our home safe sort of scenario. But... I didn't really care about all that because I thought that God was going to save us as long as we, like, said our prayers. and Your whole life, that's all you want to do is get married and go to the temple and make babies. You just think that this is the right thing like when you're in it you think that every single person out there is missing out. I thought it was the one true church and the only option out there and it was going to bring me so much happiness and that every person that wasn't doing it was crazy. I had a soccer coach that I guess now probably was a pedophile. Probably the things that went on were not okay. But at the time I thought I just kind of had a crush on her or something. I think those feelings started when I was like probably like 13 or 14 but I didn't recognize them I had like friends that we would like oh let's make out and just so that we know what it's like when we like finally make out with a guy you know but then we would do that like quite often but I honestly didn't think that any of it meant that I liked women, because I didn't think that that was an option. I think I posted a couple pictures of me and this girl that I was dating, but not, I hadn't said anything to anyone that we were dating. I was just sort of posting pictures like we were friends, but it was probably a little bit obvious that it was more than that. And then I wrote a message to my mom on Facebook. And we hadn't been speaking much anyway at that point because she knew that I, well, basically I left Utah. But I just felt this fire inside me and I was like, I'm just gonna tell her. And I told my mom, she didn't react super well And I think her not reacting super well just made me say, like, fuck it. And I just, like, came out on Facebook. A few people sent really hateful things. A lot of people would, you know, like, unfriend me or, you know, that kind of thing. So... one or two were nice and you know that was nice (laughs) but a lot of people I mean I wasn't expecting it I guess because I the one thing that religion also teaches you is to just love people for who they are so it's a really conflicting message when I left Utah I went to go live with my dad he Basically, when we went to Utah and then they got divorced, he left for that whole time. (laughs) Fast forward 17 years. When I first got there, I think I didn't even realize what was going on at first. Like, that's how naive I was. I, I couldn't really tell when he was drunk or when he wasn't. definitely liked to get high and drink and he was actually sober for like a little bit of it which was also really entertaining because then he like found Jesus but like in the really southern way then I had to go to the school where I didn't know anyone Everyone thought I was weird cuz I was from Utah and all anyone knows from peop- about people from Utah is that they're Mormon. And at the time, I was so fresh from being Mormon that like I didn't think I was weird, even though like now it's like, oh yeah, things Mormons do are weird. Um I did make one really good friend. Um And that was the first time I ever got drunk, was with her. (laughs) Uh, And I guess she probably taught me like all that I know about, not all that I know, but like the first few things that I knew about life outside of Mormon culture. Yeah, I I got drunk and, and we went to prom. Together and that's fun. <laughs> when you grow up with something like this that tells you like what to do every single day and. You know, how to eat, and what to drink, and who to hang out with, and what to read, and what to watch, and what to say. Like, it's in you, and you don't realize like how ingrained it is in you until you try to not do that. I was reading my scriptures and like getting on my knees and like saying my prayers, but these like really shortened versions of it for like years, even after I knew that the Mormon church meant nothing to me. And like, I knew that it caused me so much pain and I had so much anger towards it, but it's like, I couldn't, I don't know what I thought was going to happen, but I, I couldn't stop. I got my first tattoo recently which you know is also against the mormon religion and it says stop listening to imaginary masters and i feel like that is something i always kind of hold dear because i feel like not only like in a religion obviously is that something i feel like there's so many imaginary masters but just in life
2: Gone are days when I do not know myself So I see. So I ease up and try, try not to shatter when I find myself on. Yeah.
1: This episode of A Life in Song was made by me, Yves Barzelay, but not without the very generous help of Brenna, of course, for sharing her amazing story, and my dear wife, Alex, for interviewing her, and Drew, Ed, Peter, Sierra, and everyone who helped make this happen. If you yourself are interested in possibly having an episode made about you and your story then please do visit alifeinsong.com. And stay tuned for the next episode coming soon.
0: A Life in Song is produced by Drew Frankel and Peter Hemberger with help from Ed Gerard, Sierra Flack, Alex Barsley, George Gilbert, and our partners at Double Elvis Productions.